Gentlemen, welcome to episode 32 of the Friggin' Podcast, the first podcast of 2022. We're very excited. As always, I'm your host, Mario Lima, joined by the Friggin' Nerds crew. Starting off with the three Spideys herself, you got lovely Lee Dumas. Hello. (laughs) Hello. How are you? And my, and my goodness, do my eyes deceive me, is that the lovely Southern Belle herself, Britt Berkey? That's me. With the, <laughs> I've got the, the, the COVID trumpet the COVID happening. Tr- the COVID <laughs> trumpet. <laughs> We've played the trumpet for the last week and joined <laughs> alongside her, as always, you know, I'm the head band rocking Sweaty Mike. What's up, guys? Glad to be back. Yes. Happy it's New Year. Right. And That's last, right. but certainly not least, your boy, James. What's happening, brother? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, freaking nerd crew? Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, yo, it's good to be back. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's been so long, and it's like, hard to believe we're already in 2022. Uh, we're recording it on the 11th right now. It's yeah. like already half right. gone. Mario, I haven't podcasted with you since last year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I know you like that one. I laughed so hard I fell off my dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. Yeah, we we're a couple weeks in already to this month. We we were we were gonna try to be here last week, but uh uh, three out of three posts went down. Yeah, <laughs> Had it, COVID it, last week. Yeah, we yes. have managed to avoid COVID for two years. Yeah, and as and all as, got it at the same time. As yep. soon as January, I, like, started. were you guys having a secret hangout and didn't invite the Rhode Island? Yeah, I think James. I think James snuck into our oh, New no. Year's party. Is what happened what with our heck? family. I was just <laughs> driving through Nashville and I just, <laughs> I just in the air and it just hit me. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so crazy. Yeah, but we're we're feeling good though. Um, yes. we're we're feeling good. It was a rough rough week it's been a rough eight um it has been a rough eight we are very (laughs) uh large advocates of making sure you have your vaccine your boosters get get your booster uh this was this was not fun get the fauci ouchies everybody we're back though we're back we're doing good we're doing good yeah everybody's healthy oh yeah so glad to have you guys back but of course, we got to get back to work here. We're back with the Friggin' Nerds podcast. And as always, do we, we really start... work? <laughs> do, we, do we really work? That's I feel cool. like we just we're kind of all about play here. Well, <laughs> unless you're Brit, because Brit will like lock down her house and like put out boards all around her house about like, I think Spider-Man was like, this guy. My newest working theory, and I haven't had time to even flesh it out. These are just like the first notes, single space, two pages. Oh, my gosh. 
This that started before COVID. I mean, like that was two days <laughs> yeah, before I got she got down. sick. Dang COVID, I can't imagine man. what that would have been if she didn't get sick. Like oh, it would have been a novel by now. I probably yeah. would have already found, uh, you know, Feige's home address had I not gotten COVID. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Man. It would have been our new insider. Exactly. Well, yes. Yeah. And Stupid also in COVID. jail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Worth Boom. it though. That Our been insider on the inside, if you will. Yeah. Real yes. inside, like vulture <laughs> inside. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh man. But anyways, guys, we start this show every week with your favorite segment. You know it, you love it. It's the swear jar. And for gosh sake, watch your language. Each week, the hosts are given a keyword that we are not allowed to say during the podcast. Each time that word is said, $1 gets added to the swear jar. At the end of the draft season, one lucky audience member will win that pot. Tonight's mm. swear jar word is, it's going to be a hard one. We're up to $9, by the way, already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. I just that word. It's been I two like, episodes and we're up to nine bucks. I, and to be fair, like we were trying to figure out how much we were going to put in, like how much the swear jar had and none of us had actually counted. So I went through our transcript. We need to start going through the transcript, y'all, because there are yeah, definitely a bunch that we missed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we missed our first one where we thought fantastic. We didn't say fantastic a bunch. We said it seven times in that one. Episode. <laughs> oh, my Lanta. <laughs> seven. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I think I think we might break that record today because the word this week is year, year, guys. It is year. year. We're talking about all kinds of stuff having to do with years today. New Year's. I'm trying to get year out as Last much as I can year. right now yeah, before you Mario you locks have it. To, like get it all after year. It's like the you know the yeah. thing you know like you gotta like prepare yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. You just need a buzzer now from now on. Just eh, yeah, taboo. Eh. You got it. Like, yep. Taboo. Yep. Yeah, so it's hard to keep keep track, but of course we have the great audience and mods in the chat somewhere that it's always true. always c- correct us when we're wrong. So we yep. always have that 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 security blanket there. But anyways, guys, so after this sentence, you guys cannot say the word year starting right now. Now, this past blank has had a lot of great movies. <laughs> Oh, this is gonna be so hard. Last annual cycle. Oh my god! The last twelve months. Trip around the sun. So, so many great movies we saw that we had to compile a list for you guys Mm. of every great movie from 2021. A top ten list. Top ten list. So a lot of people doing this on Twitter. Though it was a couple, it was like a week or so ago. We're a little bit behind because of the sicknesses, but yeah. we down wanted to bring this down with the sickness. We wanted to bring this the, the top ten movies, uh, nerdy movies of twenty. Yeah, or nerdy, nerdy movies. That's right, yeah. nerdy movies. Yeah. Nerdy movies, indeed. So, without further ado, guys, I think let's start the list, shall we? Okay, let's do it. Coming in at number ten is. Add it up. Fair. Man, number 10, the first movie on our list is coming in with Black Widow. She's one of the original Avengers and she finally gets her own story. Do you remember Budapest? Yes, we do too. And now we all get to see exactly what we were meant 
uh, what that meant for her and Clint. Sorry, I can read that. But guys, okay. this was like the first uh, MCU movie, first movie back to the theater for some folks. Uh, mm, what were yeah. your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, well, this was this was like it was May, right? I think this was like the first big one. Like yeah. we had a few other releases right before it, but it was it was great. Um, it was a great uh reminder of how awesome movies can be but we didn't go to the theater and watch it unfortunately <laughs> no we, we weren't we able watched to, it we weren't able to right but you but, did uh, watch it we, we did it watch from it. the sofa we did watch it and i think uh mario will 100 agree with one of the best things that worked in this entire film and that was the introduction to the lovely Yelena. Red wow. Garden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, him too. Yes. Oh, oh man. Yeah. 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 That was so. that was me coming out of it. We saw it in the theaters. Um, like it, it's it had its fun moments. It's a great action movie. Uh, it definitely uh, in the Marvel timeline. It's one of those stories where I was kind of like, we're still talking about this. Like we're still talking about the you know civil war days and all that and it's like this was a movie that kind of came out a little too late like i understand yeah. with covid and everything yeah. but you know the yelena thing is great um see uh the, the whole cast is great in the movie but just, it, it felt like a weird sort of like send-off it, for scarlett johansson you know it was at a it was weirdly timed that's the problem if it this, wouldn't have even mattered if covid was involved or not it's still like it just release order it just came out yeah the wrong time. didn't make sense yeah. it was a it was a fun movie on its own but it was in the wrong it gave us business. more it gave us more connections to um natasha's character at uh a too too late of a moment it was just kind of like oh this is great backstory but like we're I, but anyway i, I think honestly the, good, the um the Black Widow for me was a great springboard into Hawkeye. That's what it, it ended up being for me. Because if we didn't have Black Widow, we wouldn't have known who Elena wa- Yelena was. We wouldn't have understood the significance of her being in or Hawkeye. Or the significance of, of the superhero pose. Oh, right. <laughs> exactly. She or, does do a couple of those. Or the vest that apparently was a thing. So um, <laughs> the, vest, the vest was a thing. Um, it, they're being nice, everybody. That movie was not that good at all. It, um, oh, it, it was not that good. It wasn't a good spy movie. It wasn't a good Marvel movie. The characters were forgettable. Goofy. Most of them. The only ones that stood out to me was Guardian and Elena. Of course, Scarlett Johansson kills it as Scarlet Witch because I mean Scarlet Witch as uh black widow because she's like she's just amazing as black widow like she'll forever be black widow but other than that as a movie as a spy thriller as a mcu movie is going to be down there with uh what thor dark world in my opinion so um i saw it in the movie theater uh, very disappointed but uh, yeah yeah winter Winter soldier Soldier. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah yeah but uh, I mean, it was good to be back in the theater and watching it and seeing an MCU movie because I did see it in the movie theater in IMAX like I always do for a first showing. But uh, yeah, it wasn't. I was disappointed for sure. That's Ab- me. Absolutely. But <laughs> still man. made our list though. It's yeah, somehow made the list. <laughs> I, I think I think because it was like our first MCU flick back from the the COVID drought that yeah. it made it 
I think more special than it probably any time otherwise would have been. It was just like, we finally have another MCU movie period. That's a good point. I like that. Unfortunately, it was Black Widow. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's Black Widow. <laughs> like imagine, like imagine the first movie that came out after COVID with Spider Man. Imagine how like crazy yes. that would be. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like people yeah. still have their minds blown seeing it, but like imagine if that was the big comeback. Like that would be huge. Yeah. But anyways, guys, let's move on to the next one. Coming in at number nine. Have a great day. For 10 drums. <laughs> For 10 drums. <laughs> Coming in at number nine is Ryan Reynolds in Free Guy. With a clever concept, amazing self-aware humor, and an amazing cast, Free Guy is a wild, fun ride. Uh, now, I'm pretty fresh with this movie. We just saw it. Uh, how many nights ago did we see it, Lee? Like three nights ago? Four nights ago? Uh, I think it was last week actually yeah, we never... because it was when we were going to watch it for the podcast and didn't do that. yes yes mm-hmm. so uh so yeah, <laughs> i'll start off with this one i f- fun movie uh i'm always kind of weird about games and movies mm. uh just how they portray them and like how they look always seems kind of weird to me i thought it was kind of cool uh you know being a streamer uh, seeing that side of entertainment being represented, we saw a lot of big names, Ninja, uh, Pokemon, uh, just some cool Twitch streamers uh, on the big screen. It was really cool to see that. Uh, some really cool references, you know, Marvel-wise, gaming-wise. Uh, a fun movie, Ryan Reynolds, hilarious, kills it. You know, c- certain things, you know, kind of made me feel weird about it, you know, gaming-wise. But I think all in all, it's a fine movie. I give it yeah. like, I would give it an eight. Yeah. What do you guys think? It was a fun movie. I love I loved seeing the streamers up there. I was like, that is that was really cool. That like yeah. they, they reached out to the streaming community and they involved them into the film. I thought it was like super cool. And mm-hmm. that the like the the Marvel like Easter eggs near the end. Okay, so we saw Free Guy in the theater after watching um black widow and i could tell you like mike and i jumped out of our seats like in the theater and we were like cheering like that was like our back to marvel moment that we were Mm. missing in black widow we were Mm. like yes Mm. uh no one else uh no yeah we were we were alone in our in our screams of excitement uh we thought it was i I laughed so much in that movie i I, agreed it just makes me happy we Taika at laughed. it again. Like, yeah. seriously, he, yo, he does not miss with the comedy and uh, did not think him and Ryan Reynolds would be that dynamic, but like right? they, they yeah. both are. Like, I know the snippet with uh, who was it, Deadpool and uh, what's his name, Cork and Cork. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, they got some chemistry there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when he, they did the when they did the, the fake trailer reaction or whatever yes, it was, yeah, yes, I thought that yes. was amazing. Yes, yeah. so um, I actually ended up seeing it last week and like, yo, I was pleasantly surprised because just right. the concept, it was just like okay, this is just going to be like, maybe like the Adam Sandler movie, you know, like that type of one, like silly, but um, no, I mean, it's a fun movie and uh, just It's not serious. Like you could just like, you could laugh and like, let it be. And the cast is just really good together. It is so good. So good. Highly recommended. Yep. Agreed. Agreed (laughs) on all of the above. Lee, any final thoughts on that? I mean, I I just really I felt like it was 
I know that you didn't love it because you didn't like the way that the games were portrayed. He, uh, Mario made it clear that, you know, like all of the, um, like it felt too much like, you know, Fortnite meets whatever. Like it's always that kind of game for these, these yeah. movies. Mm. Um, and I understand because like that's what's popular right now. Like if you go on Twitch, you know, Fortnite's one of the top games always. So right. I get it. But um, I felt like it was what I wanted Ready Player One to be in a yes. way. Mm, like yeah. I felt but- like the way that they went about the whole story was like the depth that I was kind of hoping for from Ready Player One. So mm. I, well, I don't know. I think it was a good mix of of Ready Player uh, Ready Player One with like the Truman Show aspect. Um, and, and actually like nope. Wreck-It Ralph is what and I remember. Yeah, Lego movie. It reminded Lego me movie. of the Lego yes. yep. yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Like the main character. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We highly recommend watching that movie, though. It was, it was, it was great. And it's, <laughs> it's like, I don't know what it's rated, but I feel like it's a lot of it's pretty innocent fun. It's mm-hmm. just like, it, yeah, it it's just is. fun. When you see Ryan Reynolds, you get a little bit nervous uh, with the kids around. <laughs> yeah, but, like, but we were able to watch this like with the Deadpool kids. Level. Yeah. I was like, Penny, we're going to watch this alone first. I saw this in the sure chat. Okay. I saw this in the chat and it was actually a rumor online before it came out. But it, people so people were thinking that it could have been a, uh, a, oh, a variant yeah. of Wade Wilson oh, <laughs> uh, with bringing in Deadpool God. into the MCU. But uh, yeah, did Aaron not happen. Boss, that, that, that was great. one of his like failed theories for the year was yeah. that this is how they were actually going to bring <laughs> Deadpool into oh, the MCU. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank, thankfully, they didn't, didn't do that. But thankfully, they did not do that. Be a little and I, and I have to say, I think this is the only movie I've I've I remember seeing where Channing Tatum was a background character. Mm. <laughs> right. Mm. Oh, yeah, like, I forgot he was in. He that. was such yeah. a side note character. Like, yeah. it was so weird to see. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> like just oh, mocking yeah. everything, but I love it. Oh, man. Anyways, moving on, guys, to number eight. If anything happens, will you protect Paul? Coming in at number eight, we have Dune, an epic political sci-fi fantasy based on the book adapted brilliantly by Dennis of... I can never say his name, Villeneuve. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Following uh, <laughs> with, with his family, now in charge, the most valuable resource in the galaxy, Spice, to his power and destiny. A, uh, I'll play a role in what uh, Atreides will become. Uh, unfortunately, this is one that most of the group did not see, except for our boy, James. So, James, take the wheal oh, here. Yeah. To be oh, fair, down, just disclaimer, yeah. like, we did try to watch this, but mm-hmm. by the time that, like, with all of the other movies that came out this year, by the time we got to go watch it, it was no longer in theaters, it was no longer on HBO Max, and it was a $30 rental fee. So, yeah. take it yeah, away, ouch. James. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even got that all the way. Um, I actually <laughs> saw this again, IMAX, uh, over Thanksgiving with uh, my in-laws and stuff. And man, I'm not familiar with the book. So I went in just as an open book, like, okay, what you got for me? And uh, this movie is so well done. If you're a fan of 
sci-fi, political, um, like just epics. Um, this is the movie for you. Um, a lot of people compared it to Game of Thrones, but in space. Mm. And um, it's intrigued. Uh, I'm in <laughs> um, already. Yo. And uh, George Lucas uh, got a lot of his ideology with uh, Star Wars specifically from this adaptation of Doom. So um I think this was the closest representation of the book, according to a lot of people. But uh, what stole the show for me was just the cinematography and scale. Um, he does a great job of just representing and showing the size of uh, this universe and uh, particularly uh, the earth, the, the worm, the sandworm. Oh, my gosh. Um, that's on uh, the planet where the spice, which is the valuable uh, resource in galaxy boy. is. Um, Britt's, man. Britt's favorite creature Britt's right over here. The big She's worm. got a Boba yeah. Fett. Yeah. But um, I mean, this this the cast kills it. Um, what's his name? Timothy Chalamet. Um, kills it as Paul Atreides. Um, and just I want to be engulfed in this world. This is a part one. So mm -hmm. uh, WB did approve a part two, which was crazy. Oh, awesome. So and it is coming out strict to theaters. But um, yeah, the cast, their portrayals of each character, uh, it made you care about each of them. There's a lot of cast that die in this in this film. But the thing mm. is, it all builds towards uh, what Paul Timothy Charlemagne's character is going to be moving forward. Um, and uh, just everything. The world building is great. The storytelling is great. Go see it, please, especially in the movie theaters uh, when the second one comes out. So, uh, yeah. Dune, so good. Yes, so to, to bounce off the part one aspect you just said, I think coming into it, knowing that it's a part one helps a little bit with the expectations of the ending from what I'm hearing. Yes. Uh, that was one of the, the biggest issues I've seen people, you know, uh, post know. about yeah, is that they're know. like, Oh, that's just such a, it's like just the beginning, you know, that's yep. just kind of left you off uh at the end there but so you you do not need to read the book necessarily nope. to understand nope. or appreciate it okay, and that's cool. what's so good about it yep yep yeah if you if you read the book i heard a lot of people appreciate it even more because there's little details in it oh, that's right cool. if you didn't it's still it's I for love, everybody i love movies like that where like they do a justice to the book because i was they, just like, about to say usually that I always sentence, get nervous every book i read yeah, that i watch the movie that, i'm like Movies that terrible. sentence that James just said is never uttered. No, -uh. it's not. If you've read the book, you appreciate it more. What? Yeah, that happened. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So, doom. Very nice. Absolutely. Right. That's that's one on the list. I've been dying to see it. So, absolutely. But guys, coming in at number seven. We should be out there <laughs> snacking on. I'm gonna get a workout. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh man, oh man, this movie should be number 10, but anyways, we're going oh, with I don't know why <laughs> this made it above Free Guy. I'm just saying, wow, uh, I, I had uh, said a Free Guy would have been way higher for me. It was that yeah, for nobody me else had really seen it except for Mike and I, so yeah. it was hard for anybody to like judge where it should be. Free Guy would have been higher, yeah. For personally, for sure. Coming in at number seven is Venom <laughs> Let There Be Carnage. It's got all this functional relationship issues of a great rom-com, but between a human-hungry alien symbiote and a local <laughs> screw-up, Eddie Brock. That that right there should just tell you what that movie is about, ladies and gentlemen. It is, it is, <laughs> it is like exactly what it is, yeah. 
<laughs> like, it's okay. Like, like, like a Marvel rock. They okay. literally break up and then they get back together and things are great. It's a Herbie oh Lovebug movie. It's, it's, so I'll start I've off. I've never seen it or I've never heard it referenced that way, never. but it's like a so It is. <laughs> it is. That, that fits it very well. I actually. love that. It's, so yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's Herbie Lovebug. It's just, uh, so, okay. <clears throat> the first movie, I, even that one, I was like kind of tiptoeing around. And I was like, I don't know if I'm digging this, but hey, Sony, uh, whatever, whatever you want, weird flex. But with this movie, it's just like, <sighs> It's like you gotta you gotta dig into Venom and understand who that character is. And yeah. this character was not that character. I'm a big Spider-Man person. Uh so like you know, seeing Venom always excites me, you know, from the cartoon, from the comics, from everything. Uh so this movie was kind of like it just reminded me of like space balls where it's just like a fun <laughs> oh we're just God. we're just making fun of the character we're having a good time we don't need to take oh it seriously God. i thought it was funny if if it, it, like i pretended that wasn't venom the whole movie you know what i mean like that's herbie mm. love bug to me that's not mm. it's not a venom movie it's like it's funny uh, great jokes in it i did laugh out loud many times but just as a venom movie you know, it was a fun ride. Like, why did Venom I, go It was off funny. To- I enjoyed it because it, it was funny. Like, it made me laugh. But I went into it knowing that it was a Sony movie. Mm. I, like, you just have to, like, go into it with an understanding of, like, what you're walking into. But it was still it, funny. It made me right. laugh a lot. It carried over the vibes from the first Venom <laughs> into mm. this wackier venom with uh it, i i thought woody harrelson as uh cletus cassidy was was pretty well done I yeah, thought he yeah, did yeah, yeah, a pretty that. good job but but like i i think you had to go into that knowing that it was going to carry over some of this like slapstickness from the first one that they attempted with with tom hardy not so necessarily I, because uh what's his name is the director um uh gosh uh, who does the motion uh, capture stuff from Planet of the Apes? Um, I cannot think of his yeah, name now. Um, I'm terrible with Golem. Names, so I'm not he even played Golem. Name. Andy Circus. Oh, Circus. Yeah, Circus. Yeah. Circus. Yep. And yep. So, like, that's usually not his style of movie hmm. directing. So, when I heard that he was going to be directing it and ended up directing, I thought that formula might change a little bit because you still want to hold on to yeah. what made you a billion dollars well then they, the then they introduce carnage is yeah. going to be in it and it was you know it was supposed to have this kind of heavier uh chaotic tone yeah uh, to it yeah so so quick question uh, Ma- uh mario he has the director's <laughs> chair for a venom movie what do you do if i had the director's chair yeah Oh yeah, my yeah. god! Well, I wouldn't fucking do this. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I mean, so okay. So, if you want to do a Venom story, like, I understand San Francisco, I guess, but like, put him in New York. Uh, you can't do a Venom movie without Spider-Man. That's you the can't. thing. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. So here, here's my my idea: yeah. is have have it be an Eddie Brock movie. Yes. I don't want yes. Venom in it at all. And then yes. maybe at the yes. end, you just lost half of the people that would go watch that movie. Yeah, you did. You did. The, the general audience, they'd be like, what? Venom's not in a Venom movie? I agree with you. 
But yeah, you're right. But man. it's like Spider-Man three. Spider-Man three. They promote Venom. Venom gonna be in that like crazy amount. So he was in it for like five and, and minutes. Look, and look what happened to that Venom. My God. If you, so, the thing with Venom is exactly what James said. It's like you can't have Venom without Spider-Man. The whole I agree. the whole story is 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 fucking Jameson's son is in space. He brings back the symbiote, gets tapped right. to Peter somehow. Eddie Brock's kind of like fighting to work at the bugle as well, which he did that right in the movie, I guess. And then eventually the symbiote goes to him. And then. But technically, he gets it from Secret. He gets the black suit from Secret Wars, but that's yeah. in the old comic books ones. Yeah, but like with, with, with the story, like I'm going by like cartoons and stuff. Yeah, the like, popular storyline. Yeah. yeah, so it's mm-hmm. like that, that's, that's the classic story that everyone kind of knows. So that's the kind of way to do it. So, you know, because you have to have him absorb it. He gets the white spider on his, on his back and everything. He doesn't and even like, have that. Like, oh yeah, I mean, gosh. it wouldn't make sense if they gave him the white spider. Yeah, and then it's like, and then we're gonna we're gonna get into Spider Man, uh, No Way Home soon. But like the way that they 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 brought him in, like that was just why it's just like we understand that they had to do that, I guess, to make it make sense. But it's just like that's just a lazy way of dropping Venom into the MCU. Yeah, and so how is that going to work? Like I hope it's not the same Venom because I swear to God, if I if he gets <laughs> if he comes out and says. Ooh, yummy! Like I'm gonna leave the theater because I'm like I'm over that man. Uh, if it's Herbie the Lovebug again, I'm like I'm uh, Herbie Wrights again. I'm out of here. But that that's just my thought, you know. And then this ca- carnage. Like I I could I could talk all talk crap about Venom all day, but like uh, all in all, fun movie, funny. Uh, you know, I think Eddie Brock was great. Uh, Venom, goofy, uh, carnage. I don't understand and. Uh, I was kind of thinking they were going to show off mutants or something because they kind of let they kind of lean that way in the beginning. I was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to be mutants. But that kind of went out the window, too. And yet it's number seven on our top ten list, folks. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> of the Somehow. <laughs> Britt, and I, Britt and I really like the movie. That's yeah, why it's, on, like that's why it's on our list. Fun. It made me yeah. laugh. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, like, I'm glad people like the movie because that's the thing. I could talk crap all I want. It still did pretty good. It, it still did, did it well. Did. People did, did go to see it. They watched it millions of times. They rented. They love it. It just, as a diehard Spider-Man fan, just turned me off a little bit. Yeah. But anyways, let's go on to some lighter notes. <laughs> I, don't know it's going to be, I don't know if this is going to be too light either, but... <laughs> Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll be nice. We'll, we'll be nice. We'll be nice. Coming in at number six. You can't protect. Making the list at number six is the MCU cosmic juggernaut Eternals. This ambitious superhero epic introduces a ton of new godlike superheroes. And gives us time with Celestials. Even though this is a different type of MCU movie, it still has heart, humor, and the action you were looking for. Now, I know when we first initially reviewed this, we were kind of split in the middle, I believe. Mm-hmm. Did anything mm-hmm. change? How are we all feeling still? Um, I think ambitious is a really good word to use for this. Here, here's my thing. Okay. Well, one, I would like to point out that while there was a lot of talk about the critic score prior to the movie coming out, the audience score sits in like the eighties. So it's not, it's at 79. I think um, it's not like, it's not 
like a horrible movie. And the thing is that a lot of people complained about, especially when like we were kind of in the midst of superhero fatigue, like why can't Marvel do something different? Why can't they put out something different? Everything feels like it's just following the same pattern. All the Marvel movies feel the exact same. Well, they did do something different and it was an ambitious film and it was different than a lot of Marvel movies. But also that was one of the largest criticisms that I saw about Eternals is that, well, it didn't feel like a Marvel movie. And it's like, what the fuck, guys? Like, you can't have both things. Um, I think that there were some misses in it, but I think if you like put Eternals up against venom or you put eternals up against black widow i think eternals like very easily comes out on top mm -hmm. um like visually i think it was a stunning movie and i think that there was a lot um to like in eternals it was our it was a it was a creation story for our universe that is a lot to fit into a movie um yet at moments it felt draggy and at moments it felt rushed. There were some pacing issues and things like that. But overall, I still think it was a really good movie. And if, if I had ordered these lists personally, Eternals would have been way higher on my list than a lot of these personally. That's yeah. where I'm at. I, I, think, I think we mentioned it when we first discussed it was I think, I think I must have said it or something, was I think it is tough when not only introducing some characters, but you're introducing 10 characters. You know, in the span of what was it two hours, three hit three hours, a little under three hours. I thought it was, it was a little under, under, under. Yeah, so it is tough to introduce that. You know, that kind of uh, th that that amount of characters, and but like you said, stunning movie, beautiful, great cinematography. Uh, this the, the designs, the costume designs, great. The um, the C the CGI, the beasts you see in the movie, great. Um, but you know, they, yeah, there's some little things there that kind of I want to explain more. The mm. main villain, I forget his I name. I think we all said it should have really been two. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That would have, I think, resolved a lot of uh, pacing issues and like unresolved uh, storylines in the movie. Yeah, I need a little more explanation. Um, I did attach to a few characters, um, but I feel like I didn't have enough time with them. Uh, mm -hmm. some being like, oh, I forget, I always forget his name, the one who had the son. Uh, oh, uh, he, he, Fastos, yeah, Fastos. Fastos he, like, yep. you know, I was intrigued by him, I wanted to see more of him. Uh, get Gilgamesh, too. More like, Gilgamesh. It was, it yeah. was characters, characters that we wanted to see more of are the ones that ended up not making it through the film, exactly. <laughs> yeah. you exactly. know, that's another reason that I was really frustrated with a lot of the reviews. is uh, a lot of the negative reviews I saw were like, this movie is just like the Marvel's latest, like woke film. And they're trying to like, they're trying to push, um, uh, guys, my COVID brain. It's like Fastos? killing me. Uh, not just with Fastos, but like, um, Mercari? yeah, we have Mercari. She's our first, uh, you know, deaf superhero. We had our first openly, gay superhero mm -hmm. um, so too many political agendas sort of yeah it, which really pisses me off like I, i'm sorry i'm never gonna be on the the same wavelength with people who get mad when uh minorities are represented 
in yeah. movies mm-hmm. Be- because they because the the critics what i'm hearing is like that doesn't belong like i don't need to see your political agenda that doesn't feel like a political agenda to face. me that is yeah. just people want to be represented in film they want to see themselves in film the lgbtq community want to see themselves in film that doesn't feel to me like a political agenda it just feels like like naturally like what human. should happen <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like I get super pissed. And there there were a lot of like there was a lot of review bombing going on because of the representation that was happening in the film, which is like so, so irritating to me. And I heard a lot of criticism about Hawkeye because um, we have our first Native American um, su- super hero villain. <laughs> superhero villain. <laughs> Whatever. She is, uh, with Echo. Like, I'm just I'm sick of hearing this like the woke agenda yeah. criticism like get over it guys sorry this is 2021 2022 i'm gonna get, get over off it. pedestal now <laughs> <laughs> no it was um i mean just from the movie aspect though um it was it, the best parts to me and again if you guys heard our previous podcast reviewing the movie uh my favorite parts were uh them kind of opening the ceiling on the MCU and uh, getting into what I deem the most interesting part of Marvel, which is the cosmic hierarchy, uh, which is what they do best um, compared to DC's cosmic hierarchy, in my opinion. Some might disagree, especially with uh, Sandman coming out, but um, nonetheless, I think they did that with the introduction of the Celestials, the scale alone of them and seeing how big they were. Um, I just Especially on IMAX. Oh yes, my gosh. I, again, I saw this in IMAX yeah. and um, it's, I, I just drooled because I was like, yo, Galactus, yo, Eternity. Yo, mm-hmm. the Living Tribunal. Like, they just opened up all of this with this movie. And um, I think what this movie did for me personally was just get me excited of what they could do moving forward in the MCU, more so than what the Eternals yeah. uh, were doing in their situation. Correct. I cared more about what is happening moving forward uh, with this movie. So um, overall, a beautiful movie. Uh, was the Chloe Zhao Academy mm-hmm. Award directing winner um, last year. She did a magnificent job shooting on location, which is why the filming was so beautiful. The cinematography mm-hmm. was so good. And um, just the scale and stuff. Of course, it has its problems, but those those were the positives for me and i look forward to what the mcu does moving forward after this movie absolutely yeah it was great it was great i loved eternals all right so moving on to number five i'm so excited to talk about this one nice (laughs) coming in at the halfway point, number five, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Jason Reitman. Five Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Only four. What are you talking about? Uh, oh, Jason, Re- Jason Reitman gets the keys to the Ecto-1 and brings us back to 1984. We follow a single mother and her two children to a small town where they discover their connection to a Ghostbuster, the late Egon Spengler. Uh, now, if you guys know me crazy ghostbuster fan uh oh, had you've got your shirt on oh yeah he's got his ghostbusters <laughs> <laughs> uh so 
uh, a lot a lot of deep feelings about this film uh this was close to my movie of the year if uh spider-man didn't exist uh mm. because i just enjoyed it so Same. much um uh you know we got we got a little burned on uh the <laughs> 2016 ghostbusters the movie. movie that must not be oh my god that. i love that movie you guys uh, that movie is hilarious y'all are crazy uh, i left Oh, Lord, in that movie. No, I, I won't lie. It was a good movie. It's a great a, parody. A great, it's like yeah. it is an, an awesome SNL Ghostbusters movie. movie. And yes. it was it was it was funny as crap. Oh my god, it's so funny. It was funny yes. as a as an SNL parody for sure, but not as canon in Ghostbusters universe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yay. No, no, no. I agree with you. I would not consider that canon like at all. Yeah, it's definitely, Agreed. you know, it was interesting with this movie because uh, almost seemed like uh, Ghostbusters 2 almost wasn't canon anymore. But just the way they kind of everything they talked about in the past was from. We just the proved first, that, though. Did we? You and I did. I did the research and I disproved that theory. There's like three things in the film that connect directly to the second film and make it canon okay hmm. so but yeah but mostly they were uh, the, when i did my initial review on youtube youtube.com slash freeners media um <laughs> i did talk about how uh when it comes to like remakes and like far away sequels uh it's interesting to see uh like uh kids watching this movie nowadays uh, because you know, I, we, when we get to see it in theaters the first time, there's this cute kid, five years old, next to us, just mouth dropped, watching yeah. the proton pack go off, and this kind of got me welded with tears thinking about me oh, watching cool. it for in the full first costume. time. Yeah, he was all that's out. Cool. Full costume. There were a couple of kids in full costume when we went. Yeah, it was really cool to see. Uh, so yeah, so it was like really touching to see. Uh, that being someone's first Ghostbusters movie, mm, and yeah. mm. and it really works as the first Ghostbusters movie because when you see that those characters and you're told, oh, back in the '80s, it was like The Walking Dead in New York, blah blah, blah and so gets kids thinking, what happened? I want to go right. back and see the old movies, Dad. Let's go check them out and you know show them that. So it's a good first movie, almost like how Spider-Man No Way Home worked. When you see these younger kids going in, they grew up with Tom Holland. But they see these other two guys, and they're like, oh, who are Who's they? Who's the cool youth pastor? If you guys don't know by this point, man, let me tell you something. It's a, it's a cool, like off of that, it's a cool bridge between generations in my opinion i feel like it was a really great way to connect the old generation of ghostbusters fans with the new generation of ghostbusters fans in a way that i felt was very symbiotic um in terms of like yes they stuck with old plot devices and old plot lines but i feel like it was believable in that you know that's what egon would have been working on so like you know, it would have been something that he knew. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, whatever. And it, they explained it beautifully, I think, because we went and saw this movie twice. So I feel like they explained it like the second time around. I caught the explanation of like, you know, the the uh, there was a second site and this is where this happened. And like the background behind it, it's like one of those things that when you watch it a second time, you I think you sort of appreciate it a little bit more. But yeah, I it was I loved that movie. I loved it. So like that is one of the only 
we don't go and see movies in theaters more than once usually. And Ghostbusters was one of the one of the two movies this year that we saw twice. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely uh, the the nostalgia part of it. This is something that this entire like, I don't know, past few years plus going into the next couple of years, it's going to be something nostalgia is going to be the word that's used. I feel like there's so many of these IPs that are being redone. And, it's been like an being ongoing conversation back. at home with Mike and I. It's right. like, when is enough enough? I, I like, I, 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 right now, it's not, it's not a bad, I'm not saying it's I, a bad see, thing. I don't agree with you. I like, I love being like an 80s, 90s kid. I was such a massive Ghostbusters fan. Like, I don't know how many times we watched those original films and dressed up as the Ghostbusters and stuff, but I, I'm like, okay, guys, we get it. Like, it's safe because you know that, like, we're the ones that have the money right now to pay to go to the theater. So, you know, if you remake stuff from the 80s and 90s for us, we're going to watch it. But I, so I was watching this, like, this critical uh, review of, like, just in general, like, remaked, uh, like, remade movies and stuff. And he was like, he was like, so that's like the, that's the the cool stuff that like we get to look back on, right? Like, and go like, oh, the eighties, the nineties were such a cool time to be alive. Like, look at this stuff that like was created out of that era. And he was like, if, if we keep just depending on what they know will make money, which is these nostalgic remakes, what will our children say? Like, oh, that's what like this was such a cool time to be alive these were like the original ips that came out when i was a kid or are you or will they eventually be so obsessed with a previous era that like creativity just sort of dies and um it was just like it's an interest like it's obviously a very dramatic view of the situation but it but it's an interesting question to ask is like what what are we making that's new like what what are we taking risks on right now um and i know that's a lot because like every movie on our list it's marvel which is not none of that's original content um we have ghostbusters which is not original content like that's a lot of what we cover but also like what are we making that's new what are we creating that is well free guy free guys no that's not but it's not it's still tropey well, it's not going to stand the test of time. That's, right. what, that's right. what it is. And so um, just to shortly like elaborate what Britt is saying is like, that is what is scary about times like these because money talks louder than creativity. And um, if you are looking at the bottom line and just be like, well, this makes money, let's keep doing it until this well dries up, then it's not going to give you room for creativity. And so you have to rely on, at least in the movie making process, you have to rely on a lot of YouTubers and other people who are doing it at the grassroots levels. And hopefully that inspires other generations moving forward to create their own stuff. So um, it's a great topic to have but yeah it is a scary time when all you see is remakes it's a good discussion for later like to table for like a later podcast and we don't have Mm. stuff going on because we're about to have a dry period of marvel so Mm. it's just it's something that like with spider-man coming out and um ghostbusters which we watched a couple of times and the matrix 
They all um, came out it's in a month. I was just like, wow, like this is especially when Ghostbusters was like literally the same storyline from the first movie. I was like becoming acutely aware of like maybe we're taking this too far. But um, I don't know. It's just a it's a it's a discussion to have at a later time. Like it's it's interesting question to explore, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm Mario, so. I didn't mean to jump in and cut you off before. What else were you going to say about the movie? I forget. <laughs> I just what? wanted to, while you were still on that topic, I wanted to mention that. And then it just spiraled. And I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, but yeah, just, just to kind of end it on that. It's like, yeah, I, I totally agree. It's like uh, nostalgia has been kind of like taking over our lives. Uh, it definitely has kind of felt good, you know, with COVID and how everything's been lately. Uh, nostalgia is comforting, um, but I do I do th- hope that we get some more original ideas, you know, in the future. You know, even, you know, Marvel has some like original kind of takes on certain characters when it comes to costume design and certain different things. Uh, even some games are coming out with like the Spider-Man games. They're very different stories than we uh, might expect. Um, but and and I think to be fair, this is this would be a, this could be a great. Sp- springboard into the next generation of Ghostbusters where it doesn't have to follow that storyline. It, it's a bridge. Like I said before, the bridge, like it could connect those two universes in a seamless sort of way so that now they can take those new characters and use them in a different mm. way. So they can bring back like Leslie Jones and stuff too, right? Yes! <laughs> bring back Leslie Jones! <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> moving on, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Moving yeah. on. Crazy <laughs> uh, man. Sp- speaking of remaking movies, this kind of almost was a remake. Going on to number four. The time is now. All right, coming at number four on our list: Justice League, the Snyder Cut, Zack Snyder's grand conclusion of his trilogy that started with Man of Steel and BVS, rest in peace, uh, come to life finally after leaving the project to mourn horrible suicide of his daughter. The Earth is ready to be taken over by Darkseid after the death of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman rush to recruit other metahumans, Aquaman, Cyborg, and Flash to stop the invasion of Darkseid led by Steppenwolf. Man, I know me and James got some thoughts on this movie for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll let James take the take the wheel first. Oh, oh man, oh uh, gosh, um, James, this is your moment, baby. Oh my gosh, this is your moment. Oh Why gosh. James was hired? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so this movie, personally, for me, um, is top three maybe even top two personally um, because I'm a huge fan of what Snyder's done with the IP um, with the DCEU characters. I'm in the minority. I am aware of that, but uh, his stylistic style of uh, cinematography and storytelling more so through uh, cinema than script or uh, dialogue um, has me so immersed in his movies. And so from Man of Steel, which I think is one of the best uh, Superman movies up to Justice League now, um, him getting to do his version of it, the we what the just the Joss Sweden League or whatever, uh, the theatrical cut was a horrible, 
horrible rendition of what uh, Snyder had. And so um, after the huge petition for a couple of years and WB letting Snyder have his vision being put on HBO Max and it being four hours, um, a lot of people didn't wasn't down with the four hours. I soaked it all up because um, it created depth and storyline for a lot of these characters. That I'm okay. Couldn't. I'm just going. I'm just coming out to say I'm okay with a four hour movie. We got the uh, the extended edition Lord of, of Lord of the Rings, of the Rings <laughs> box sets here at the house. So the four hour time frame does not scare me off. So I'm with you on that. <laughs> but um, yo, you every character mattered in this movie and um, added to the conclusion um, from seeing Cyborg finally flushed out. There were so many scenes with him playing football and his backstory that were cut from the theatrical cut that we finally saw. Seeing Stephen Wolf actually look like Stephen Wolf, seeing Dark Side in this movie. We didn't see him in the theatrical cut. To see Flash go off, to see my girl Wonder Woman go off, to see Superman in the black suit like it was literally comic book pages on my screen and I enjoyed every second of this movie and you've ended up with one of the best one of the best uh, comic book scenes that is the flash scene when everybody dies and you just see him stop time and go back reverse it and save everything and him talking to himself talking to his dad like yo i was one of the like what this movie did was show you why the comic book and the game and justice gods among us these are literal gods you show that the gods had stopped dark side from the first place which is why dark side wanted earth to take over earth so bad because this was the one place that he could not take over and now that superman had died he was coming back and trying to get there and the gods are back with the justice league and snyder like killed representing that aspect of this crew and it is so good it is so good and man i i wish they continue on his story but i'm thankful that snyder got to see his vision on screen and everybody got to enjoy it absolutely uh yeah kind of piggybacking on that idea where yeah it was just the the, the first cut was just not good at all it was just kind of a big slap in the face like you know obviously zach couldn't help it family yeah. issues obviously so um but getting that justice no pun intended uh for <laughs> the film uh was great uh again yeah be beautiful movie i i took an afternoon like i closed the shades sat down by myself watched all four hours and like i was immersed i was just like on the edge of my seat the whole time like this is yes. such a good cut you know being someone yes. who went to uh school for film and you know like learned like cutting techniques and just like you could tell like the way they cut yes. the movie yes. is just like yes. Yes. way better seeing yes. bruce show up to go find uh aquaman it's like it made more sense like small mm -hmm. things like that mm -hmm. uh just Certain cuts just helped the movie progress. Music, better. everything, everything is man. It's, um, it's. I could talk about this movie a lot and in depth, but um, it is. I would encourage people to go watch it if you are a fan of uh, any of the members in the Justice League uh, to see them 
play off each other so well and to be a team. That was the last time I saw that was the first Avengers movie, honestly. And so to see that in this side of the comic book uh, sphere was pretty awesome. And again, shout out to Zack Snyder and the team and WB for letting them do it. Uh, this was amazing to watch. Absolutely. Any thoughts from anybody else? Uh, we have yet to venture into the four-hour uh, universe because of the it's not going to be four hours. <laughs> four-hour <laughs> time. I can't. Do, I can't sort of do anything. If I if I start, it's going to be like, okay, James, I'm going to need you to have your cell phone handy and be at my disposal for the next six months because I'm going to have questions because I'm going to have to watch all of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's on the it's on the list. The whole, it's, the whole DC, the whole DC shebang. shebang. Yeah, I mean, the great thing about it too is like it is. They kind of set it up and cut it to be episodic, where you can like mm -hmm. watch them as episodes. Mm -hmm. So, because mm -hmm. I knew people were going to be like, "Man, I'm not going to sit for that long." It's like I oh, cut it into episodes, man. It's like yep. binging right. on Netflix. You know, it's not. Yep. Yeah, the time, the time commitment is not. Yeah, it's uh, not a problem. Yeah, not an issue. It's just trying to fit it into everything else. It's not the watch time time commitment that is an issue. It's, it's that opening I the can't door. let it go. Yeah. So mm. it's not a four hour time commitment to me. Mm. It's like, am I ready to give up a child to make space in my life for another <laughs> fandom? Maybe so. I don't know. One of them's getting kind of mouthy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But anyways, guys, we're almost at the bottom here. Coming in at number three, some more DC. We got... Hitting the number three movie of the year, coming at number three, The Suicide Squad. This wacky, funny, and fast-paced rebound makes for a huge improvement from the original attempt. This version really embraces the violent and chaotic storytelling of the source material. I 100% sign off on that quote right there. Yeah. I thought it was a very well-done movie. I like the uh, the mixture of chaos and comedy in it. It's it's your boy James Gunn. I mean, James yeah. Gunn always is going to deliver. You know, he's he's the reason why I want him to do Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Like he he would mm -hmm. have so much fun with those characters. He made us fall in love with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, so I thought it was a great movie. A lot of fun. Uh, watched it a couple times already. Great time. Yep. Yeah. This was definitely this was a D, this was the DC movie that we I did feel like watch. This is how you do DC and comedy. Yes. Like th just this completely you out, you know, outrageous, dark, violent, but comedic that elements. Polka dot fella. Polka My dot God, fella I was crazy. So <laughs> but just the the entire like the group dynamic worked so perfectly in this. Like it, you got you got all these team up movies happening, and like this was such a funny. It was almost it almost felt like a parody of of these team up movies where they're so outlandish and they have so many like crazy aspects like polka dot man uh, uh i forgot her name but the the uh, girl that can talk to rats like all these like yeah. strange superpowers that all like work so uniquely well weasel, with each like, other yeah weasel yeah, yeah. like there's there's yeah. so much craziness. King Shark. Like, what, what yeah. is going on? Like, and this now we've movie. got a spinoff show. Yep. Now we got Peacemaker Peace coming out this month. Actually, I think it comes out tomorrow. I think the first. He's been doing his his uh, media. 
Oh, yeah. and full Peacemaker uh, garb. <laughs> They're yeah. always like, you never know what John Cena is going to show up with. Yeah, but it, it worked so well. I mean, this was no question a top three movie yeah. of the year for me uh, in this list. Um, so definitely, definitely agree with the spot on this from the consensus rankings. Absolutely. All right, so let's let's get through these last two because we got a lot of talking on number one for sure. Mm-hmm. So moving mm-hmm. on to number two of the year is... My son, you can't run from your past. Oh my gosh, getting the silver medal on our list this year is Shang-Chi. Probably one of the most wildly accepted introductions to any Marvel superhero. Shang-Chi explodes onto the scene with a beautiful and breathtaking tribute to the world of Kung Fu. Man, this movie... Yeah, I I felt I wish this was my first movie back in theaters, man. Like this was mm. like a lot this of fun. This movie was amazing. Uh, just cinematography. This is like one I expected to not like. Really? Yeah, I was I was not like in a. I mean, I, after I saw a few of the trailers, I was like, oh, like this actually looks like amazing. So I was trying not to get my expectations like too high. Like if I'm remembering back, then I feel like all of us were like, yay, it's like a Marvel movie, but like. I don't think any of us expected to love Shang-Chi nope. as much as we did. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, it was great. The action, the fight scenes, the choreography, the music they used uh, in different aspects. The you know, first part of the movie, real Norris. urban, real urban feel. And then the second half of the movie, you got the, you know, the classic, you know, music that they use in, uh, in those settings. And it was just, uh, man, the choreography, yeah, the, the way cor- things were shot. The, the comedy the comedy was great the oh my god they... and mario was in the movie yes mario, <laughs> mario made a cameo uh, every time we rewatch that movie penny lane is like it's mario yep. <laughs> I, it was just god. it was a it was a oh my god what did he say pres- he's like surprise. i i did some i did some taekwondo in my youth so i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna, gonna grade this fight unreal Yo, Every time. It um I I want to give a shout out to uh uh the uh the villain or uh yes. Shang Chi's dad uh played by the great Tony uh Leung. Um he, what Marvel the past couple of movies I've enjoyed, particularly out of Marvel, is when they nail the family dynamic mm. and that pull. That relationship um, with Black Panther reminded me of a lot uh, between um, Black Panther and his father. And then, like, you know, of course, Killmonger and his father. So seeing that here, that tug and pull between what I should do, what I shouldn't do. um, And then Tony Leung, like the Mandarin being like such a great villain that you sympathized with and empathize or whatever the word was. He I mean. To me, he's top five portrayal of a villain in the MCU, mm-hmm. uh, just based off of what they showed in this movie. And so um, I wanted to give a special shout out to that because Marvel's not really known for doing villains very well. So seeing that so well done here, um, man, this movie was so good. And um, I cannot wait to see how he fits in phase four and moving yes. forward with uh, the rest of the Avengers because uh, he's bringing some heat 
for sure. Agreed. And totally want to give a shout out to whoever's idea it was to change the rings into what they were in this movie. Yeah. Because yeah. they yeah. were so awesome. The the yeah. way the design and the animation they used uh, to exhibit yeah. the power of the rings I was I loved flawless. all of the animal creature things. Yeah. Like we, like ha- we haven't had a fantastic of- beast in, since like 2018. And I was like, I, it's like I'm getting fantastic beasts. Yep. In Marvel now, and yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> That's so great. Uh, absolutely, guys. But man, that leaves us with just one more film. You probably know what it's going to be. But Can you guess in, what it is? <laughs> you know it. You love it. <laughs> James Bond's No Time to Die. No, I'm just kidding. That, that was <laughs> yes. That was my yes. number one. Yes. That was my yes. number one. Yes. But Canto. <laughs> but Canto. But anyways, number one, guys, is. Add it up. Hello, Peter. Taking the top of the list is, of course, Spider-Man No Way Home. A bigger, bolder Spider-Man sequel expands the franchise's scope and stakes with losing its heart, getting for uh, lots of fan service. Sorry, I'm bad at reading, obviously. Lots of fan service in this one and making sure to get some tissues because this one is a tearjerker. Uh, So we have a lot of thoughts on this. uh, So we're going to break down everything. Full spoilers, guys. We've gave you guys a few weeks to go yes. see it. This is your chance. It's been almost a month. So this is your Come chance. On, you have to... not seen this yet. Please just go see it for one. Uh, and for two, uh, don't let us spoil this for you, please. There's so much in this movie that it's so great to see firsthand. Uh, we love you guys if you haven't seen this yet, but but please pause us right here. Do not listen to us Absolutely. any further. We gotta go watch it. We got a fancy new and drop even for Tim you. And Stacey have gotten to see it yeah That's exactly exciting as heck exactly so yeah we got a fun little uh it's our new segment called screen chat so we'll give you guys a couple seconds to get out of here this is screen chat oh man all right so where to start on this guys who who wants to start because i feel like i have a lot to say but should i take the floor yeah, go are for we it. gonna yeah, do this in rounds or are we gonna do this all of our oh, thoughts? Oh yeah, all yeah. So I we, think we should do that. So we yeah. are gonna cover four aspects of this movie for, for each of us. We're gonna be talking about what worked, what didn't work, our favorite moment, and the biggest question coming out of the movie. So do we want to start with the number one and do everybody? Yeah, yep. okay, let's, let's do, do that. that. Yep. All right, Mario. All right. So with this movie, we're talking about what worked. Um, I mean, the film as a whole just worked, man. It's just like uh, talking, <laughs> talking about everything. Yeah, I mean, just talking about Spider Man. Uh, I know me and James kind of ha- were on the same boat, where it was like, you know, we we dig Tom Holland stuff, but like, at the same time, it doesn't feel like Spider Man. He didn't feel mm-hmm. like Spider Man. Uh, this film really helped him become Spider Man because I was a little nervous because spoilers. Uh, Toby and Andrew coming in. Uh, kind of being there, the older brother and the middle brother uh, made me a little nervous because it's like, oh man, again, he, this is happening where he, he was taught by Tony Stark to how to become Spider-Man. Now Spider-Man is teaching him how to be Spider-Man, you know? Um, but I liked how they flipped it 
and made it so he led the team because he's like knows how to work with a team and he leads the Spider-Man into the final battle. Uh, I think that worked. I think the cast works. I think having all the, you know, you guys knew what I was worried about is seeing those old villains come back. Uh, and I was very pleased with most of their performances. Some guys felt a little weird, a little out of place. Wait, save that. Save that. Okay. Save that for what your what didn't work. <laughs> oh, thank you. But um, but all in all, I think the cast is great. I think it was a great story. I think we have great things coming for Spider-Man in the future. Can I go next? Sure. Yeah. Rock it out. All right. So my favorite thing that I felt worked so well in this movie was the dynamic between the three Spider-Men and the way that they sort of tongue in cheek tied this movie into the even the original two trilogies. So it felt like there was a lot of nods to the things that people felt about the Spider-Men in the original series of the original trilogies of them or whatever you want to call it, the original sets of movies. Um, so like, for example, Toby, when he comes out of his portal, um, he's dressed as Peter Parker. What does everyone say about Toby Maguire? He is the best Peter Parker, right? Like when Andrew Garfield comes out of his portal, he comes out as Spider-Man. What does everyone say about Andrew Garfield? He is the best Spider-Man. So I felt like they really took a lot of, I mean, when, uh, you know, like when, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man saves MJ. Like, I felt like that was a mm. great tie into the new, like into the old movies because it showed that, you know, like this guy has been agonizing over this one moment in his life, probably since that happened. And he was able to redeem himself. Like all of these little redemptions I felt really worked for this movie. <laughs> a lot of closure. Yep. A lot of closure. Yeah, the, I, I agree with all of that. Uh, and I am going to point out, um, I think I, there's a couple of things I want to point out, but I'm going to just hit one because I'm not sure what Britt's going to talk about. Um, I'm going to talk about Mr. Willem Dafoe as the Green mm -hmm. Goblin mm -hmm. completely like stole the show as, uh, you know, there were several villains in this movie, but like, dude, he was the villain. Like he, he was insane. It was amazing. And I, I don't think he gets enough credit, even with his work on the original Toby movie. I don't think he gets enough credit as a movie, comic book movie villain. Yes. Because, you I mean, he yes. in this movie, there are moments that he's getting punched in the face over and over and he's laughing. Smiling. And it's just like, what? Like, he, he is on par. I, I wouldn't put him on the same level as, you know, Heath Ledger with the Joker, because that was just a phenomenal performance. But he's he's got to be towards the top of the list uh, after that, especially um, in the MCU. Yeah, especially yeah. in the MCU. I think that's that's the big part. He, he did such a fabulous job and he did most of his own stunts. stunts. Yep. yep. He did most of his own stunts. It's yeah, crazy. That, that part is wackadoodle to me as I watched to like the pressers and stuff before. Yeah. He looks like a strong gust of wind would break him in half. Like yeah, I don't know how physically he could handle <laughs> doing his own stunt. And and on top of all of this, awesome kudos for Willem Dafoe. They he he was uh, said to say uh, during the initial planning stages of of bringing him back, he did not want to come back if it was just for a cameo. He said, yeah. "You can't bring me back; it's just a cameo. I, I yeah. won't. You have to. I, I want to be a big part of this movie." And so glad he came back that and he did was. that. That was amazing. That he was. was. Amazing. Cool. 
Britt? Um, I I think I know what James is going to say, so I don't want to do that. No, I'll I will say what what worked. Um, well, I'll I'll just say this: all of these damn haters out there oh, on no. freaking Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. No, no, no. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anybody giving any love to Andrew Garfield because nobody gave any love to him on the list. I don't want to hear anybody in this group because no, 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 James. You go back and look at the tape. Okay, you look at the tape. He's above Toby. Now, he's he's way above Toby for me. Okay, he's not above Tom for me. But okay, but everybody in the freaking world hated him until this movie came out and i swear to god like my facebook and twitter feeds are just constantly like whoa like you you all you people have been really sleeping on andrew garfield and i'm like what are you talking about you people all hated him until this movie i think that andrew garfield really worked in this movie i'm not sure why everybody is now bandwagoning Andrew Garfield, everybody. but whatever. It if it gets in the third movie, then good for him. Gosh, but it pisses me off. Oh. <laughs> but I think he did a. I think he, he did was a amazing. Great job I, I want to see movie. a movie with just Andrew Garfield and even just like Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland. Like I felt like Toby Maguire also pulled out some really great stuff, but I felt like the dynamic between all three of them. Was I like, don't. The thing is, I don't want to hear people talking about. I want to see an Andrew Garfield movie when you didn't support him when the movies were out. You did not support his cat when he was making those movies. Yeah. Spider Man, The Amazing Spider Man Two, only made maybe five hundred million dollars yeah. without a pandemic. I do not want to hear anybody talk about. That's I want to see Andrew Garfield because you guys did not support. I saw that movie twice and bought the blu-ray mm-hmm. you know i do not yeah. want to hear anybody talk about that well i go back it. and i like look at some of the issues that because like i wasn't into marvel back when that was that stuff was released and like i go back and watch some of the like like the critical youtube reviews and stuff of it and i'm like man some of the stuff that you guys have issues with there are bigger issues in the current mcu and like you guys are okay with that <laughs> poor guy i would love to see andrew get a third movie I would love to see it not be Sony and him, the poor <laughs> exactly. guy like yes, get yep. yes. he's he's a great yes. actor and I feel like he deserves a really well written script yes. that's thoughtful and planned out and Sony doesn't do that well. Um, I just I think that he deserves a better studio. Yes, agree. Andrew, you deserve better. <laughs> you deserve <laughs> you deserve Father you Feige is what yeah. you deserve. <laughs> I, oh but gosh. so I think I think Andrew worked great in that. But I was an Andrew fan before. I was never a massive Toby. <laughs> Sorry, Same. Oh, yeah, that, that's like for clarification. I know for when me and uh, um, Mario talk about the um, Tommy McGuire movies, it's the movies. It's the well. The movies are so well done. But Andrew Garfield, nobody liked the movies, but they liked him as mm. Spider-Man. And I think that's the big difference that a lot of people don't realize is if you combine both of these cats together, they would make the perfect Spider-Man and maybe make the perfect Spider-Man movies, which is why a lot of people like Tom Holland because he kind of fits in the middle to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So in that retrospective, which is why Andrew Garfield is lower because like, you know, I didn't really buy Tom as Peter Parker, but what worked for me in this movie was uh, finally uh seeing tom holland like the stakes 
finally. Yes. Uh, I know we talked about it earlier with our list um, in the past podcast, and um, that was my knock on this this iteration of Spider-Man. And so to finally see it, I was like, okay, so I don't know if they originally planned this to be an origin story or not, but it ended up being what it was. This was an origin story. And finally, because even when Aunt May died, I didn't really cry because I was like, finally, like we have some stakes. Like I, I everybody's crying in the theater. And James, James is like, like yeah, oh, you, you should, you should have saw it was, I was with like four other friends and they just looked at me. I was like, yo, I have been waiting for this because yeah, no, I feel this, you on that. This is the defining moment of Spider-Man in the adaptation adaptation of what they're trying to pull from, which is uh, one more day. In the comic book, he's talking to Mephisto to try to save Aunt May. So the stakes are different because he's already lost Gwen Stacy. He's already lost Uncle Ben. So he was already established. So he was about to lose the one last thing he had. So Mm. I was finally happy to see Tom Holland, at least his iteration of Spider-Man, have some stakes and finally, like, Mern, with great power comes great responsibility. Then uh, Marissa Tomei killed it with her delivery or her iteration of that saying. Mm-hmm. So to have the stakes finally in this per- this version of Spider-Man was uh, a breath of fresh air. Because that's what me, personally, I've been waiting on for yeah. this iteration. Yep. yep. I, I, like, I always, I understood where you guys were coming from when you brought that up in the past. Like, I understood... But I was always like, I feel like Uncle Ben, that moment for him has always been Tony Stark. But when I saw this movie and then like I heard the guys, the other Spideys like talking about like their losses and stuff. I was like, no, they're right. Like this makes a lot of sense. And it sucks. Like it sucks so bad. Like when he can't even like share that grief with anyone because of the ending. I was like, damn i think the guys were right like i I hate to say that i think think it's yeah and i think they're right too and it's funny because i don't think i realized that that you were right until it happened and i was like i'm happy because i'm assuming that the plan originally from the the behind the scenes production was they were probably like yo we've we've killed uncle ben multiple times like we've seen this on screen so many times let's just pop him into the avengers and like have them kind of like sort of already established. Yeah. And I think it got to the point where it's like, no, we, we, I think we need that from um, the audience perspective to see that happen to Spider-Man. And so they, they kind of retconned uh, that decision, I think a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I knew that I really wanted to see the sadness in, uh, in Tom Holland's Peter Parker hashtag um james and mario made mike a monster <laughs> yes but but no it, it literally it, it just all it did for me as a tom holland spider-man fan is increase my love for him and uh really appreciate that they they did give him this moment to show this depth show this loss and show the impact that it has to peter parker as a character um so all it did for me as top uh, tom holland spider-man fan is just so Ty and chat said, hot take, why didn't they kill Aunt May off sooner? I, I'm assuming you don't mean in the movie, but in like the franchise. I, I don't think that this movie was their plan ever. I think exactly. that their plan yeah. was for Tony Stark to be the Uncle Ben of his story. So that yep. it was different. And I think there was there was too much there were too many issues with that. And so they had to change it. Agreed. I think that's why it didn't happen before. 
So a lot of good things that talked about for all what worked. What about what didn't work in this movie? Uh, Mario, what are, do you have any thoughts on th- some things that did not work for you? Oh, no man, I, I loved everything about this movie. I thought it was great. I had a great time watching it twice. IMAX, beautiful experience. Um, but when those credits rolled and that first credit scene comes through and I hear that voice, no, it can't be. <laughs> no. Why is it him? Eddie Brock shows up. He's in Mexico for some reason. Drinking beers. No, I think he's at the same place he is at the end of Carnage. Isn't he's he? in Mexico. He's in Mexico. He's in Mexico. Yeah. He's in Mexico. Yeah, he's in Mexico. And I, I somebody else said this too. Uh, someone thought it'd be funny if the bartender was Feige and he would explain the MCU to him. Like that would have been a funny <laughs> little thing, like a Mel Brooks moment. But yeah, uh, but yeah. So just having him show up, I was like, when he when he said. I guess I got to go to New York and find this Peter Parker feller. I'm like, no, don't you go near him. Don't bother <laughs> don't him. Do it. And then when he and started, then he, and then he disappeared. <laughs> when he, when he faded away, I was like, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. I was yeah. about to say, well, it should, yeah, so it fixed it for you. Mario, then, but, Mario said it, and so that's why that happened. Is because Mario heard me. There you go, guys. That, if you wanted Venom in the MCU, know that it was Mario's fault. He spoke it into existence. He's well, like uh, it, Mario, Scarlet Witch. But they had to drop that little venom booger on the bar, and I was really hoping that like the bartender just like grabbed the napkin and like grabbed it and put it in the trash, and then it cut black. <laughs> that's what I wanted because like that's not how venom should show up in the MCU. I understand it was like a lazy way to be like, oh hey, there's still a piece of venom there, and it could get, it's gonna hitchhike its way to New York from Mexico and <laughs> attach to Peter somehow. I don't know how it's gonna get to him. It's not gonna it's not gonna be as special if it's just like gonna grab on to the bartender, then grab on to some like person at the at the airport and grab on to whoever. Uh, it needs to be special. So so uh, I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Maybe Gosh, please have the bartender be uh, if, the Venom guy for a while. Because that's yeah, a dude if, from uh, if anybody Ted watches Ted Lasso, uh, football is live. Actors from that show, and he is hilarious in Ted Lasso. So he'd be an amazing uh, <laughs> Venom. Boy, if you thought you hated Eddie Brock, you would. Re- <laughs> It really hate this one. So yeah, so I just thought that that was a lazy way to bring Venom into mm. the MCU if that's what they're doing. Because because like mm. I mean we had that 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 uh, initial talk on the rooftop of like you know Andrew and Toby talking about like you know you know Andrew's like I you know, I, I lost control at some point. I thought I was over uh, Gwen dying, but then I I got I got messy. I got I got angry. So I'm like I would like to see a symbiote story with him. But I just don't. And we kind of get the little anger from from Tom at the end with the glider, and he's about the Captain America him and stuff. But it's I just I don't know. It's I I I I'm down for a symbiote story, but just do it right. Just it's one of the most popular. Every time I talk to the, about the cartoon with people and like comic books, people want to see the Venom story, and they keep messing it up. Like <laughs> stop. What are you throwing? <laughs> That's why I didn't like. All right, Lee, what you got? What was something you did not like or it didn't work? Didn't work in this movie. I I actually had to pick Mario's brain about this because at first blush, I honestly loved this movie. Like there was not too much that I would have said that I did not love love about this movie. The one thing that Mario mentioned that I was like, okay, yeah, I guess I kind of felt that too. 
was um, that there were a lot of villains and not all of them got a lot of screen time. And it felt like there were some unnecessary villains in there that just made it a little too messy. Mm-hmm. I think that they could have tied it up with just maybe one main villain from each of the franchises or maybe two. Mm. But like the amount of villains that they had was a little bit much. And mm. I think that they got kind of lost in the storyline. So, so to piggyback onto that, one of my um, things that didn't work um, talking about the amount of villains, um, there were some plot holes uh, specifically. And, and Lee, I'm totally on board. I came out of that theater and I was like, that was the best Marvel movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, as I've, as I've digested some things though, it's, it's definitely come down a little bit, but um, and that's because some of these pl- plot holes have kind of come up. Uh, two of them, I'm going to go uh, with um, Electro. the Electro. Yeah, Electro. Sorry, I was trying to remember what yes. you were talking about. Yes. Electro being yes. there that makes no sense yes. on what why Strange is uh, explaining. Yeah, I still haven't heard a compelling. Yeah, I cannot figure out that the theory me that it actually makes sense because the idea Fantasy. is they're here because they know who Peter Parker or Spider Man is. Peter Parker. But we did not see Jamie Foxx's Electro know that. And they double down on it. When yep. he takes the mask off, he's like, I oh, thought you were black. I kind of hoping you were black. Yeah. Yes. And it yeah. was like, well, then he, so he definitely didn't know. And yeah. he, and I know this is Jamie Foxx's like requirement to come back, but, and he looks 100% different compared to all of the other villains that look all the same. Like there was just a big question mark around Electro. Um, and specifically the second part plot hole just around this spell in general uh, yes. that got cast. Thank it was just, there is you. so much head scratching thought that has gone into it with me. The more and more that I've thought about it um, and, and not to go too far into it, I'll just leave it at this. If Peter just came to strange and said, Hey, can you just er- erase the memory of, of, uh, of Mysterio's video from everybody We'd yeah, be happy. Would be uh, would have been That's done, it. and there we go. But there there were a couple plot holes um, that kind of had my head scratching a little bit. That it just seemed like they wanted to force this idea of a of a faux Sinister Six, yeah, uh, you know, movie with with the multiple Spider Man. Yeah, I so so here's the thing. This movie was so good that it I that it requires us to then pick at it more than like we would venom right <laughs> like venom yeah. let there be carnage because it is done really well but um so we saw it first on like one of the on opening weekend and so we're surrounded in a theater full of people that were like cheering and ecstatic and and it was so, it was just so much fun to like have that experience and be surrounded by nerds is what we talked about like we wanted that moment mm. um when i went and saw it again in theaters uh, it was a silent theater and so it allowed me i think to watch it with a little bit of different perspective um and i i do think that i saw pieces of sony in it which bothered me personally i don't trust sony with anything i think they're like this the just like the crumbling remains of mediocrity i don't trust sony to touch anything (laughs) so i started seeing sony in it and it bothered me um i think that they and this is the same issue that I, I that I had with ghostbusters because i really enjoyed watching ghostbusters but when i watch it back i'm like i feel like 
they um, relied a little too much on the fan service and nostalgia of seeing our guys back together and allowed stupid plot holes to happen that ended up they they end up cheapening the movie like guys why didn't you just tighten that up like you already had this great movie if you would have tightened those plot holes up instead of allowing yourself to make really like careless stupid choices like that it would have been like a, a home run for me um so the the villains i do think the first third of the movie um is is poor in comparison to the back half of the movie yes um i think the pacing in the second half of the movie is way better and when i see the three guys on screen the three spideys together they feel natural to me mm. right mm. like their dialogue that it mm. is completely believable to mm. me and i didn't feel like that with the villains and i mm. and it's not the acting like those are phenomenal actors i feel like it was a writing issue like some of the dialogue between um like our guy, like our Peter and stuff with the villains and even the villains to each other felt unnatural to me. And I was like, come on guys, like these are iconic villains. Like, please don't mess this up. But overall, I loved it. My biggest, biggest, biggest issue that I have with the movie. And it's not just because I've been hanging on to Mephisto. I don't, (laughs) I don't understand the portrayal of Dr. Strange in this movie. Um, It doesn't feel like Dr. Strange at all. Dr. Strange is not somebody who's like super sentimental and would allow himself to make careless mistakes. He is, um, he's arrogant, but he's not careless. And we haven't seen him be careless since um, the ancient one died in Mm -hmm. his movie. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like who, how would you do a spell that you know could freaking break the multiverse and you don't tell him the rules before you start? Like, it just doesn't feel like strange to me. It doesn't. I have a theory about strange actually. Um, I I think, I think that this is, it's actually a simple theory, but if you think about it, so strange was blipped, right? He, he got blipped the five-year blip. He came Mm -hmm. back. He had been replaced as Sorcerer Supreme. He lost all of his team. He didn't have a place in the world, essentially. He didn't have a purpose other than to take care of this house. And he failed even at that. So my theory is that he was depressed at the beginning of the movie. That's why he's in a sweatshirt. That's why he's like, doesn't keep up with his appearance and everything. I think when Tom uh, Tom Spidey comes to him and asks him to do this thing for him, he feels needed again. He feels like he has a purpose and he feels like, you know, like this is something that I can do that only I can do because, yeah. you know, the Sorcerer Supreme is busy with Sorcerer Supreme things. I've got nothing going on and this makes me feel like a person again. And you see that transformation immediately. Like when he trans, he takes Tom downstairs, he's already in his garb. He's already got the cloak on, you know, like the the cloak and the whole shebang going on. Like he's already changed out of his sweatshirt. So it just feels like he might not seem like himself because he isn't himself because he's depressed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The the issue I have with that though, is that he saw all this, like he knew, like he went through all of these features. Like he knew of, of everybody strange knew more than anybody what to expect and what was going to happen because he went through all of these 
options to figure out which one was the one that we could handle Thanos in. Well, well, then you, so you said something too, Lee, you said he went downstairs and he was already in his garb. That is one of my biggest issues with this entire movie. And I brought it up even back of the trailer. He has on the freaking eye of Agamotto and that shouldn't be there. I went and I rewatched all of the old stuff, the old movies, that should not have been there. And if you're going to leave it because it's an iconic part of the costuming that you want to keep for merchandising, then at least give me a believable excuse because I was not the only one. Like Twitter was all over that mess. I think though that in the original movies, when he actually finds his power, like when he feels the most confident, it's with the, it's with the eye. And when he like, you know, that's when he really comes into himself. So it might be sort of a confidence booster type deal. Cause there's no yeah, stone in there. Gone. He makes, he makes notice. He makes an, you know, like the whole thing didn't, didn't yeah. go, did it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they crushed, it. crushed it. It also was And then not- he was like, Oh, the stone's fake. And so then later he produces the time stone for Thanos and he like literally goes like, and it just like, it just manifests right there between his fingers. So it's not like there was like a nut, it was like a fake eye of Agamotto. And then he has another one that he pulls the stone out of. Like he just has the stone. He um, also is not wearing it in Endgame. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Which kind of is the, the biggest indication that, something just seems off the 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 thing he just seemed a little off on this if you look at his scenes from infinity war when he is all hell-bent about like he's willing to sacrifice tony stark and uh, peter parker to keep like things stable and keep order in the world and all this stuff like that that like dr strange is not present at all in spider-man he's just like yeah sure i'll do the spell like if peter's starting to talk during the spell like just maybe restart can we hit a can we hit a reset button it just doesn't make it, it just know, doesn't yeah. make sense to me but i was like i was like that's totally fine because it's not strange but they didn't double down on that so here we are maybe maybe i, I still disagree but the rest <laughs> of the internet does not agree with me. all right uh we kind of went on side side uh, there so, but james yes james um, no, I, I was going to say we could, for time's sake, we could just go to uh, best moments because I agree with all you guys yeah. on yeah, the stuff works. that didn't work. Um, um, but um, best moments, I think that's where we're at. Um, yes. Andrew, any scene um, he was in, um, he, him and William Defoe to me stole the show um, mm. in the movie. Um, I, didn't realize how much charisma um, he had um, until I saw him just pop up and interacting with Ned and um, yeah. Mary Jane. Um, that was. And it's, it's so evident too, when you see him, it's, it, you got to, you get to see him next to Toby. Yeah. And, and how much different yeah. the charisma levels are yes. between the two of them. Yes. Um, that, that has really, you know when we when we watched the garfield movies earlier this year or Mm -hmm. i guess earlier in 2021 Mm -hmm. um that was the first thing we went from toby straight into andrew and that Mm -hmm. was the first thing that Britt and i thought you know i saw was like wow he's he's got that like that vibe yeah he's got he's got got the talking in as spider-man which you didn't see as toby which again which is why he's 
my favorite Spider-Man more so yeah. with Toby being Peter Parker. But, um, and of course, I think Lee touched on it, but um, the only scene I cried in was when uh, he saved MJ mm. because um, the Amazing Spider-Man 2, um, that was higher on my list than a lot of people would have it, the movie-wise, because the movie overall didn't really work because it kind of felt like a mess but um why I liked the movie so much was the Gwen and Andrew Garfield uh relationship or uh Emma Stone yeah Emma Stone is the actress yeah. um and bring back I, Emma Stone yeah and I thought <laughs> those two were the best aspects of that uh franchise or that version iteration of Spider-Man and so to see him lose her and see that classic scene portrayed she's even wearing uh the same outfit from the comics about to tear up now um uh it it was so well done in the amazing spider-man 2 um and to see that uh him save her save mj because you, they explained earlier how that was, you know, bugging him. Yes, a lot. And so for that, and it, it was a moment. It was just a moment. So he stood good. there, and the acting so chops. Good. Yes, like the, it was that, perfect. Again, anything with it, it. I mean, the scene was perfect. He's just looking at her and breathing in and tearing up a little bit. Not that much dialogue, nothing. It's just the acting. Let the actor do what he does. And so that was my, like any of those scenes, but that was the Andrew moment, but all of his scenes, even the stuff which we found out was uh, one he improvised, which is like, man, I love you guys. And like talking about like, you know, like, man, I wish I got to go to space. Like I just, you know, fought a robot and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, (laughs) just the small stuff, he's just like walking up to Toby behind him just like looking at him with his lab coat on yeah. like all any of the scenes with andrew were amazing and um again it was so good to see um him just you can tell they let uh andrew garfield just be himself and act because yes. out of yeah. the three um spider-man at least iterations in the movies at least um, this was the actor who wanted to be Spider-Man more so than a lot of people. A lot of people forget the Hall H appearance where he came up to ask a panel about some stuff and he took off his mask. He was like, everybody like freaked out because he was, he just wore Spider-Man costume just to be around people. And this was just when he got signed on as Spider-Man. So um, to see that love come out in his acting and stuff, I mean, Andrew, any of the that was some of my best moments was just Andrews on screen, um, gravitas his everything he killed it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Totally agree. I mean, it, everything Andrew in this movie was was amazing. Everything, um, everything Andrew um, for sure. Mario, what were some of your? Uh, oh, I caught you. Sorry. <laughs> oh, good. We got it. Um, yeah. So with me totally agree with all the andrew stuff uh i think just seeing the three spider-men just interacting just uh yeah in the lab together and just a small talk little line like the, the line, lab i almost forgot about the lab yeah mm-hmm. the line that always makes me laugh though is like when they're setting up they're like teaming up they're, they're in the huddle getting ready to go out 
And they're like, all right, I'm Spider-Man 1, you're Spider-Man 2, <laughs> yeah. and you're Spider-Man 3, I guess. Spider-Man 3! You know, just <laughs> hilarious. Um, But honestly, my favorite scene is the end of the movie, is the uh, initial uh, Tom with the, the sewing machine. He made his own suit. It's the <laughs> classic <laughs> suit, and he's Finally. swinging. It's yes. like, that's right. That's exactly what I said. I said, finally. I was like, Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. I'm like, son of a bitch, you did it. You <laughs> did it. Like, you guys finally yes. made the Spider-Man yes. I've wanted for years. Yes. yes. Like, uh, you know, but the, and it hurt, hurt, hits you more because you know he was uh, inspired by the other mm-hmm. two Spider-Men. Mm-hmm. So, so I love that. It's making me excited for Spider-Man uh, again. I mean, I've, I've always loved Spider-Man, but just, uh, you know, we're going to see the classic suit. One little detail I always loved was having the eyes move. The fact that we get the classic suit with the eyes moving and we get like a, a real Spider-Man story, they can do anything now. They can wipe the slate clean. Everybody gets what they want. They get Tom Holland and we get our Spider-Man that we want. So that's my favorite part. I like it. I like it. Lee? I have to say, it's already been mentioned. I feel like we've covered a lot of this movie already in terms of what our favorite parts were. But the initial coming through the portal was one of my favorite parts. But also they're, them standing around just chatting on the scaffolding while oh, they're yes. waiting for the villains to show up. And then, uh, you know, like when Toby and Andrew are talking about like their their back problems and like, you know, like <laughs> middle-aged adulting problems where they're like this sucks like oh you want me to crack it for you yeah sure okay like that I that whole it. scene leading it up to by the towards the end of it andrew being like gosh i'm lame like i've only yeah, fought like, like this yeah, I'm so and, lame. And, and toby is like no no <laughs> you're amazing. you are amazing I think, we, I think we need to work on our self-talk right yes, oh my God. Yes. That was, so honestly i loved that i and would it was I, great. literally it was Great that he called him amazing too, with his movies being the amazing Spider-Man. It was, it was yes. such a good touch. I think James said it best when we first had a conversation about this movie that I could literally sit and watch an entire movie with just the three of them mm-hmm. conversing oh, and interacting. Totally. Yep. That was the best part. That mm-hmm. was the best part for me. And the lab when Ned says the like when he's having the conversation with and he's like <laughs> Peter? Me? Yeah, yeah. which what? Peter? Yeah, Peter Parker. They did the meme, man. They did the meme. And then the one where he's like, "Oh, you know, like the best friend thing," where he's like, "Oh, don't worry, I won't turn into some crazy bad guy and kill you." Like, well, that whole exchange (laughs) was just so funny. We have we have our theories for another episode, I'm sure. (laughs) Yep, yep. Uh, Real quick, favorite moment uh, for favorite moment for me was the moment that they made the cool youth pastor joke. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I laughed so hard. It was great. Uh, and uh, we covered almost everything, but I, I do want to shout out again, the, the fight scene between Goblin and Tom oh, where he's like laughing. in the apartment building, mm. that, that whole, that whole uh, sequence, that whole fight scene leading up to Aunt May's uh, saying the line finally with great power. I mean, it was, it was such a, an amazing sequence of, fighting and power and and chaotic you know insanity from goblin and uh it all paid off at the end with with getting the getting the line from from aunt may so that all that all sequence was amazing so real quick let's just let's just ask real quick big questions we don't do not need to jump too far into these but big questions coming out of this movie 
leading into Multiverse of Madness and the other Marvel stuff? What are some lingering questions after leaving this movie that we want to ask? I just, um, just want to know what the hell to do with that symbiote. Like, are they going to do it right? Like, <laughs> what's the point? And I want to, I kind of want to get, uh, get some kind of uh, explanation as to, um, you know, what, what is the, is the future like uh, in this world where we saw, you know, Peter is now forgotten everywhere, supposedly. I'm thinking he, he, people might start remembering him. Like, but uh, MJ is still wearing her medallion, her medallion, her. Well, real, real quick, my, my theory about that is that everybody that remembered Peter only is uh, the memory of Peter is now uh, switched with Spider-Man. When, when Happy says, I knew May through Spider-Man. Like that was like oh so everybody just remembers Spider Man but doesn't remember Peter Parker so maybe she thinks that Spider Man gave her the necklace, you know what I mean? So mm. I think eventually we're gonna get that the memory built back and be like oh I remember you, you know what I mean? Like that's that's the only way I can think of them uh, rebuilding that uh, memory back for them because it's definitely coming back. They're not gonna end that relationship. It's gonna come back. Yeah. Yep. Real quick, honorable mention. I just see uh, Crazy Legs here in the chat bring this up. I had this on my list and I totally forgot to bring this up. Matt Murdock's cameo. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. many other things happen in this movie that that keeps getting overshadowed. But the fact that I he forgot, actually like, cameoed the, in it. The cane goes down. Mike cane was, went like, down. Screaming. Oh, yes. So, yeah. Good good favorite moment. All right. Yes. Sorry. Had He's to a really that. good lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Biggest question. I'll just keep talking. Sorry. Biggest question on my side is if we're going to see Andrew Garfield or Toby Maguire again. Uh, let it be so. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's my question. <laughs> my question is, are they going to keep him the, as the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? Um, he did all the cosmic stuff in the outer world and just epic stuff. Tom Holland's already done that. Are they going to have the discipline, Sony at least, have the discipline to keep him in New York and have him just deal with one foe and all the problems that is being Peter Parker without Tony Stark, without funding him, without any of his friends, him trying to get a job. Are they going to keep him low key or are they going to go grand again? That's my only like question I have with coming out of this movie because they set it up and I just hope they stick with that. That makes sense because, I mean, he is the only one that really didn't start out at, like, not really, the your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So are they going to keep him, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, for a little bit longer? Yeah. That makes yeah, sense. He hasn't had a chance to do that. We talked about this, James. Yeah. Uh, you know, when, when you get Tom Holland's introduction, he all of a sudden his friendly neighborhood gets invaded by Thanos. So, yeah. like, he he doesn't get that chance to – Fully, I mean, you saw him at the very beginning of um, of uh, Homecoming. I mean, he is trying to kind of fill that void or fill that role of friend and neighborhood, and then Thanos kind of wrecks that plan and he goes to space. So, um, yeah. may, you know, maybe we'll give him some time to breathe and actually embrace that yeah. a little bit. My big question: Will Jacob Batalon be returning as Ned Leeds, but not our Ned Leeds, but a different Ned Leeds harnessing his magical abilities to become a weird magical version of the Hobgoblin. <laughs> mm-hmm. A magical mm-hmm. version. 
Yeah, I think that good. they will. My my current working theory is that they will mash up the character of Pop Goblin with um, one of the three uh, Daiwata, which is a, the Filipino pantheon of Marvel. And 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 just fun fact: the main the main one, his uh, his comic book costume is green and gold which is the costume colors that we did see uh, on his Lola's uh, sewing, sewing machine. machine. Mm-hmm. She was sewing a, something that was green and gold. Could be interesting. Anything. <laughs> Very curious. Lee, Lee did yeah. you have a question? Um, mainly it's, uh, yeah, mainly it's um, whether or not the, uh, I'm having a hard time brain words. Um. Yeah, like the Ned thing and everything else. Like, how many of of these supporting characters, or how many of the people in his life, are we eventually going to see again? Is Happy going to see his way out, like his you know boss did, sort of thing? Like now that there's no Aunt May tying him into Spidey's life, now that mm. there's no Tony Stark, <coughs> is Happy going to be a part? Continue to be a part of the story as well as everyone else. I'm really hoping that the MJ Ned dynamic continues that they do actually, you know, Spider-Man does find them and that they remember him and all of that, because I really want to see Ned's magic um, develop in a more positive light. Like I would really love to see him be like them form the next Avengers or what have you, but alas. <laughs> I think I think Spider-Man is going to, or at least Peter Parker is going to find the Fantastic Four. That's my yes. running theory. Mm. Uh, especially uh, the director, right? Director, Yeah, doing... with Watts doing uh, the director of the previous home uh, trilogy for Spider-Man doing Fantastic Four. Uh, Spider-Man trying to get a GED so he can go to college. Uh, might run into Johnny Storm, which they are best friends in, in the comic book. Chris Evans. No. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think they might find a way. At least Marvel will moving forward to tie uh, Peter Parker and Johnny Storm together to introduce a Fantastic Four. I love that theory. I love that's one and of my I, favorite theories. I want to see how Kingpin ties into all this too. Mm, good old Kingpin. Did he survive? I think he's going to be the next big bad. <clears throat> Did he survive the Hawkeye finale? I think he'll so. be. I think he'll be like the the big bad of like the Earth bound yeah. stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I think that like they're going to focus. I I feel like they could potentially take Spider Man and focus him in on that. I mean, that's in his city, so it would make sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But all right, 100%. so is, is that it for Spider-Man? Any, any That's closing it, baby. Thoughts? Yeah. That is it for Spider-Man, and That's we it. are on to the speediest speed draft we have ever done in our lives. Yes, yes, guys. <laughs> so we hope, we hope you guys oh enjoyed gosh. that. So it's the time. Yeah, so we still got to yeah. yeah, the draft. So, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, every week we get together for the Nonsense Draft. Now, Mike, you got to explain this draft to me, man, because I'm still confused on what we're doing. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great, too, two hours into the podcast, right? Um, so tonight we are drafting. The topic is going to be Disney Princesses Battle Royale. So we are taking Disney Princesses and we are having them duke it out in a Battle Royale 
Now you may say, oh, Mike, there's only like, I don't know, a dozen well, or so princesses. princesses to choose from. That is true. So we're also going to include the princess sidekicks into this. Do you like Sebastian from Little Mermaid? Do you like the little uh, gecko lizard guy that Rapunzel has? You can add them into your team as well. So this is Disney princesses plus sidekicks battle royale. Let's get this going. It's going to be let's, crazy. Let's roll those oh, rolls. Let's roll, roll for initiative. initiative. And let's, you know what? Let's set a time limit for this one. You have like 10 seconds to pick your person. Ten I think seconds. all of us should know. 10 <laughs> seconds to pick? All right. Oh, I mean, man. no yeah. thinking, because we want this to be Ooh. funny anyway, right? Uh, yeah, 13. this is going to be crazy. 20, brother. James got a 13. I got a 20, brother. Wow. Whoa. Oh, we got we got Dap in the chat. Perfect, perfect entrance uh, coming right into our draft. Speaking <laughs> of drafts, let's go, brother. Uh, Shouts out. Who have... got the 13? Was it James? Yeah, Mario. Mario and I are on the same page. Go ahead, Mario. Mario. Shouts out to the drafted podcast. If you guys need a new guest, you know who to pick next. I'm salty. You guys (laughs) pick Brit first. I'm ready to draft. I listen every week. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Anyway, go check them out. Asking um, how this battle will go down. Is it a battle of wits, a knife fight? I think it's going to be more like a cat fight. But you know, yeah, it's a it's a fight. It's a physical battling in their own. I mean, own style. You're just trying to win however you can in a battle. Use yep. wits, yeah. weapons, nine. Okay. whatever. I want to see blood. I want to see blood. I got an 18, by the way. All right, yeah, I got it. Okay. okay. All right, guys, here is your order. Bro, Mario got a 20? Yeah. Yeah. So we have Mario Man. and then Mikey. He likes it. And then uh, James. And then me, and then uh, Lee. Boom. All right, we'll be snaking, guys. So Lee will have two picks in a row. All right, I could deal with that. All right, let's get her moving. Mario, what's going to be the first pick of the draft? That is the question. Easy peasy. It's my favorite Disney princess. I'm going to go with Moana. Oh, oh, son of a bitch. Moana. Make, make way, way, make way. way. Yes. Moana, it. it's Have time you knew. knew. The village God. of Montanui. Oh, man. This is going to take 10 times longer with all the songs. Forget, we're girl oh, man. So, the, like, we've seen, man, we've seen this I'm, a lot. I don't have that excuse, but I've seen <laughs> that movie a couple hundred times. All right. So, Moana's very smart. She's got some, she's got some, uh, does she have the the water, the ocean with her to like help her with I magical it, stuff? I think it's fair that like the princess has their like whatever. Yeah. Gives oh yeah. Yeah, but she doesn't need it. She does the wayfinding and all of that. Yep. She doesn't have yeah, like she, she never can, really had power. She can toss tidal waves onto people. It's gonna be great. No, she didn't really have great. powers though. She talks to the water. But well, like this, the heart of the ocean doesn't manipulate it. It's because she has that relationship. Well, so. yeah, but the, in my, Lee, do in you my want world. this draft to be over fast? Yes, Mario. <laughs> let yeah. Mario have his Mario play. has water you. powers. Okay, Mike, um, your turn. Ten seconds. All right, slam, slam dunk. Uh, this isn't any quite no no thinking involved in this at all. Elsa is my pick yeah. as my top princess selection. She has ice powers. She's cold to the bone. She's going to wreck some face in this battle royale. So Elsa, Elsa is my selection. Okay, I a, James. I have a question about mine because I'm going to save my Disney princess. Um, I'm going to go with the sidekick. Okay. Can I pick 
genie from Aladdin. Oh my gosh, it's such a good pick. Why did <laughs> yes. I think about that? Yes. That was my yes. next one. God I damn it. Would allow, I'll allow it. Genie from Aladdin. <laughs> We're going heavy off the jump. Okay. Oh my gosh. What a steal of a pick there. That was. I'm annoyed. I didn't even think about Genie. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to go with um, Mulan. Fuck. Oh, Mulan. Oh, warrior. Ooh. That's a great pick. Oh Ooh. my God. You guys. Robin Williams, of course, Ty. Come on. Like, that's not even a question. Two defeats. Shit balls. All right, Lee, you are up. Okay, well, I guess I'm going with you guys took all the fucking good ones. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with my first draft pick is gonna be Merida because yes, you know what? Yeah. Great pick. That's a good one. The Hawkeye Legolas of this universe. Yeah. Yeah. And my second pick is going to be Olaf because who doesn't fucking love Olaf? (laughs) I love it. All right. My second pick, I'm going to go with Rapunzel for her healing powers. No. No. Oh, I totally was going to go. Luckily, Will has really been hardcore watching that one a lot. I was going to go Rapunzel if Mario went Elsa uh, at the first pick. Dang it. All right, James. Almost made it back to me. Oh, I'm going, uh, my girl. Uh, I gotta go Pocahontas off the jump. Dang uh, it, that was colors nice of the wind, one. man. Like, see me in the no. nature, y'all. Let's go. Nature, no. got nature behind her. Let's go. All right. Okay. Mike. All right. All right. So, speaking of nature, um, can I draft a uh, a non human princess from Lion King, Princess Nala? Yeah. Princess. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Boom. Get that lion action in here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh Yo, Elsa's going to be riding on Nala into battle. I'm Can I in. borrow Elsa to keep Olaf alive? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I will allow right. Olaf to stay alive. Thank you. Frost. Yes. <laughs> All right. Mario. All right. Uh, for a sidekick, uh, I got to go with Pegasus. From Hercules. Oh, oh nice. Nice. That's a good one. Uh, and oh you gosh. get another pick. I have another one too. Um, oh man, this is tough. Oh, I got a sleeper that nobody's thinking about. Oh no. I got another one. Yo, we going heavy here. <laughs> we going heavy. <laughs> going I'm heavy you know. With the I'm not even worried. Chances. I'm not even worried. Ah, uh, man. Uh, oh, I'm scrambling now. I'm. I am. Oh boy. I think I'm going to go with. Can you pick? Can you pick multiple sidekicks? Right. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I'll go with um, Luminaire. Lumiere. Lumiere. <laughs> oh oh yes. Yeah. He said stuff on fire. Right. Yeah. He's like flamethrowers. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um. Oh, geez. Uh, all right, I'm gonna. Ooh, um, crap. What is uh? What is? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with another another tiger here. Are you okay? You're yeah, right. I'm gonna go with another tiger oh, for a sidekick. Oh, Jasmine's tiger. Jasmine's tiger. Uh, I freaking can't think of his name. Raja. 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 Jasmine. We're not even yes. picking Jasmine, but we're picking That's Raja. What I had on my next on my list. I didn't think anybody would pick that. Yeah. <laughs> Dual wielding tigers and lions. This is crazy. 
All right. So six, since your boy got the genie, I got to ch- pair genie up with the fairy godmother from Cinderella. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> my oh, God. God. Yo, we bringing the heat, yo. Let's go. Oh, my oh, God. Man. I was sitting there thinking, what James can I? James thought of ones that, like, never I know. James, literally, mind. I'm Googling, trying to figure out magic psychic to, like, combat genie and then, like, Went right over fairy godmother. <laughs> um, okay, so geez Louise. Okay, I think for my third one, I'm gonna go with um I think I'm gonna go with Vanellope for her her like uh her driving skills. Like mm. I feel like she can mm. get us out of like tight situations. Yeah, you like run that. people over too, yeah, right? So yeah. I'm gonna go with Vanellope. And she's kind of insane. She so. she's like hardcore, like she's hanging out in that game. Um slaughter race slaughter and like race. she's cool with it like there's there's like killer clowns and stuff and like she's she's right at home and i feel like yeah. she looks real sweet but she's uh she's vicious mm-hmm. i love vanellope she's like she is my girl um me too. all right so that brings it to me and holy shit balls okay so i think for my next pick i'm gonna go with maui because i need magic Oh my gosh, why didn't I think of Maui? <laughs> I didn't even think about Maui. What is wrong with my brain? <laughs> I don't know. And um, you know what? Like, I feel like I need to pair Maui with someone from the sea because uh, you know, we need somebody that can maybe, I don't know, swim in water. Like once Elsa's ice melts, what's gonna be left? A big puddle. So we're gonna go with Ariel. <laughs> That's good. All right. And like that, Lee is done. Okay, so that comes back to me. I'm between two. Well, I'm okay. I'll pick this one first. And if y'all don't, if it's not uh, okay, then let me know. I was going to go with um, nuts. Uh, uh, y'all, Ariel's dad. What's his name? King, 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 King Triton. Triton. Can I pick King Triton? Is he a sidekick, yeah. though? I mean, he's not a sidekick. I, I don't know because it's tough because then it's like, is Maui a sidekick? I would say yes because he goes on the adventure with Moana. Trident what about then not... Fairy Godmother? Wasn't that just picked? Yeah, yeah, yes, that's what I'm asking. At, just like, take King Triton. You got this, baby. Yeah. If not, it. I'll take Mushu. No, no, take King Triton. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, uh, James. Wait, what's my list? Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's gonna have like some insane. No, 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 I'm not gonna because I was gonna go Mushu next. Um, you know what? I'm going with the animal. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with Cricky from Mulan. Nice, uh, yeah. Lucky, yo, oh, yes, lucky, lucky, you got the lucky cricket with yes, you. yes, bringing the luck like to it. the to it. Yeah, all you right, probably well. should have gone with Mushu. If, yeah, if you're if you're not I going Mushu, you, uh, you need the luck. You need the yeah, luck. You need the luck. And honestly, Cricket is the one who gets most of the stuff done, not Mushu. He's like a, a moron. True that. True. But he is immortal and he does have fire breath. So I'm gonna take Mushu. All right, Mushu it is. And last but not least, Mario. I mean, if you guys are picking fairy godmothers and Maui, <laughs> then I gotta grab the beast from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I was yo. I was gonna do yeah, Gaston. The the scope I, of this draft I, kind of got went off the rails. A little we, bit, but that's we okay. had more time to talk about it. But we were like we're like running out of time, and yeah. 
yeah so oh, if, we, if, right. we do, if we do disney villains you guys are going down yeah. i'm just yeah. saying I'm surprised Carpet didn't get picked. That I know. I know. Blue. I in the chat. That was a good a yeah, blue would have been super helpful to steal some shit. Oh, yeah. He would have been good to steal. Ooh, Hercules. Hercules. Hercules isn't really a sidekick, though. No, nah, no. Nah. All right, guys. So here are the teams. Mario has Moana, Pegasus, Lumiere, and Beast. Mikey Boy over here has Elsa, Nala, Raja, and Mushu. Mm. It That's a nice ring team. to it. Yeah. yeah, good team. James has got the genie, Pocahontas, fairy godmother, and the lucky cricket. Freaking genie, man. Uh, I have Mulan, Rapunzel, Vanellope, and King Triton. And Lee has Merida, Olaf, Maui, and Ariel. So there you go. I should have picked freaking Raya. Why didn't I think of Raya? Oh, oh yeah. Totally forgot about her. Yeah. I haven't even seen we that movie yet. Stuck to like where we had to pick each of us had to pick three princesses and then one sidekick or two and two so that we had mm. more. And to yeah. my to the voters, to everyone listening to the podcast and watching replay, remember this is a battle royale, not your favorite characters. Right. So keep oh. in mind this which is a battle. Will, this is a battle. Which team would come out? If they fought against each other, just remember that. So, especially talking to Brita, because I know she always ta- always talks about her favorite characters. Yeah. <laughs> she votes. I was like, I, oh. yeah, I really wanted to get away from doing just like our favorites picks. Yeah. Because it it like requires no strategy. There's two strategies. Do I go for the vote or do I just pick my favorites? Yeah. I'm like, we need we we need to we need to get some drafts that require some strategy. Yeah. Like, Guys, explain, explain your pick. Stay tuned because uh, we're going to be doing a dance battle royale at some point. Coming oh up. my <laughs> gosh! Oh my. Really like between us, battle. we we are just, doing yeah. a dance battle. Yeah, we're gonna do. We we got James doing some fuertes and uh, <laughs> Brad doing some weird robot shit. And I already got my music lined up. Just let me yeah. know the time and place. <laughs> All right, it's going <laughs> Yep. All right. Before it gets any weirder, Mario, why don't you end this? <laughs> ladies, and it's this is what the people come for is the weird shit. But <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Friggin' Nerds Podcast. As always, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you want to help support the channel, you guys can hit us on a follow uh, on Twitch. Uh, we're on uh, Twitter as well at Friggin' Nerds. Uh, we have merch out now, guys. Uh, go to friggin'nerds.com yes. slash shop to get some awesome t shirts, uh, mugs, stickers. We had a, fr- a few great sales already, so uh, we love seeing uh, pictures and stuff of you guys holding the merch and stuff. We love it. Yes. So if you want to share that, hit us on Twitter or hit us on our Discord. Show us your Friggin' Nerds swag. Um, as always, guys, uh, catch us here live every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Frigadeurs podcast. And every Thursday, it will be dropped on Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow the uh, Twitch for D&D, Crafts and Cocktails, and much, much more every week. Uh, so as always, I'm Mario Lima. See if we remember the order. It's James. It's James. Oh, <laughs> I'm freaking her, Chase. <laughs> freaking her, Lee. Freaking her, Mike. I'm freaking her, B. And you guys have been freaking awesome. And as always, stay, stay freaking nerdy. nerdy.